You might be seated. Without Jesus, you have no hope. Here's the bottom line. Every day that you live, you're dying just a little bit. Your human body was appointed to die. You can do a lot of things to keep it happening as soon as, as some would, but the bottom line is this. It's appointed unto men once to die. So there's not a lot you can do about that. We just know that it's going to happen other than the rapture taking place because the body is perishable. The only thing and the only hope that we have is our hope in Jesus Christ. There is a spirit man that resides, if you've come to faith, that resides in your natural body. He resides in your spirit. He is the spirit. And two spirits reside, either the spirit of God or the spirit of carnality, which is birthed right out of the influence of Satan himself. You'll see that tonight. The covenant breakers were Adam and Eve. Think about them. Every time you tell a lie, every time you don't make the right choice, go ahead and remember, it was Adam and Eve who broke the covenant. Not your circumstances, not the way you were raised, not the environment that adds to it, but it was two people, Adam and Eve, primarily one, his name was Adam. When you think about that, you think, wow, what hope do I have? And that hope is found in Jesus Christ. Man left to his own way, you and me, without the influence of church, without the influence of God's Holy Spirit, we will destroy ourselves. Look at what's happening in our world today. Little by little, the things that we used to hold sacred aren't sacred anymore. Little by little, I read just this week that many of the millennials are not coming to church but many are joining influences of witchcraft, hooking up with that kind of spirit. We understand, well, God, surely you have more power than that. And he does. But the bottom line is the devil goes 24-7 and functions in the minds of carnal nature. Carnal nature and the spirit of God never, 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 never blend together. We might try, but it doesn't work. Compromise for the sake of spirituality, does not work. In Joshua, we find in Joshua 20, a unique story as it relates to how order was started in the day after the time of creation. And it's interesting. Most of us in this room know what it is to make a mistake. We know what it is to misjudge. We know what it is to gossip. Hello? We know what it is not to make the right decision. We know what it is to know what to do and just simply sometimes not do it. And when that happens, that is a spirit of rebellion that through the power of the Holy Spirit, that rebellion can be conquered through Jesus Christ. But look at your children. Oh, your children are perfect, of course. But listen, your children, when they're young, they're not very old. And you see a little streak of stubbornness, a little streak of rebellion, a little streak of selfishness in the children today. You say, what happened? No, that's my toy. No, it's not. It belongs to them. No, that's mine. And on you go. We understand that Joshua has now delivered the people into the promised land. They're endeavoring to set up some order. He has divided the tribes up, given them their part of that promised land and establishing a civil and social climate. 
And in fact, when he did that, we understand that he began to point them to an advocate. We all need an advocate. And our text reminds us of our need and hopefully causes us to focus on this. If our body is perishing, there's one thing we need to be concerned about, paramount to everything else. It is our spirit man. How is our spirit man doing? How are we progressing beautifully with that? How are we nurturing that spirit man? How are we offering praise to God for the spirit that resides in us? So here's the bottom line. All of us are guilty. I am guilty. Say that with me. I am guilty. I'm guilty. Joshua 20 verse 3, so that anyone who kills a person accidentally and unintentionally may flee there and find protection from the avenger of blood. Genesis 4, verse 23 and 24, we find the first law of action of society against someone that's guilty. It was the cry of Lamech. Lamech cried out, and it was the law of vendetta. In other words, a person could take the law in their own hands. You mess with me, I'm going to mess with you. You kill one of my family members, I'm going to kill one of yours. You steal from me, I'm going to kill you. You say something that I don't like, I'm going to kill you. I will take the law in my own hands, and I'll do what I think is necessary. No guidelines whatsoever in that kind of circumstance. But as time lapsed, a more reasonable law was adopted, found in Exodus 21, 23. It says, but if there is serious injury, you are to take life for life. You're to take an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a hand for a hand, a foot for a foot. What he was saying is that whatever happens, then in whatever proportion that happened, that's what you're able to do. Someone gouges your eye out, you can gouge theirs. Somebody bothers you, the hand, you take their hand. Their foot, you take their foot. Their arm, you take their arm. It says whatever the crime is, whatever the offense is, now, now we have some kind of of guideline. So it was a law of punishment according to the crime. In other words, what you did to me, I'm going to be able to do to you in right order. But the problem was someone might do something unjustly. They might do something accidentally. They might do something innocently. And we know that could happen. And you see, under the law, you and I, here it is, bottom line, we were all rendered guilty. No hope whatsoever. That, my friend, is the reality of life for all of us. How many have ever been accused of something you didn't do? May I see your hand? That's right. How many did something you were never caught for? Raise your hand. Now's confession. Come on, some of you should have got up and shouted on that. Why? Because of the fall of Adam and Eve, the world would have been declared guilty. And we were because of their mistake. How big a mistake was it? Who knew that if you eat just a little piece of fruit off that tree, even though you heard what the consequences would be, that you did it anyway. You and I no doubt have done worse things. We just didn't know the consequence as it was with Adam and Eve. When they ate, that changed the whole picture. But because of their act, we are guilty. Here's what it says, Romans 5, 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, that's Adam, and death through sin, And in this way, death came to all men because all sin. There you have it. You didn't do it. You just were a victim. 
of the sin of Adam. Romans 3.23, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 1 Kings 8.46, for there is no one who does not sin. Say that with me. For there is no one who does not sin. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm surprised at you. No one. No perfect person. Not one. Everybody's got a skirt that's soiled. Every person you know, no matter how good they are in some way, shape, or form, has committed sin. But it's important to understand that the Bible points out, Ecclesiastes 7.20, something else. There's not a righteous man on earth who does what is right and never sins. Amazing. A righteous man. Now, there is not a righteous man on earth who does what is right and never sin. A righteous man, but what he does not sin. Why? That, that carnal nature that's in us. That spirit that resides there. Well, what hope do I have if I, if, I, if I get righteous, if I get under the covering and I still sin? I can tell you why. Because the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us all from unrighteousness. If we say, God, forgive me. Amen. When you're in trouble, where do you run? How many of you have children and when they were small, your children or, or they ran ran to mama. May I see your hand say, had a child, kids, they ran to mama. How many of you had children and they ran to daddy? All right, that's good. How many of you, when they got in trouble, they ran from daddy? May I see your hand? My dad would not tolerate running away, (laughs) but it didn't bother me. (laughs) I ran anyway. You know, you never know till you try it. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Grace might have come my way. Joshua knew that we were born into sin and that we were guilty. And because of that sin, we deserve to die. Joshua takes a look at this because God is communicating and said, that doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem right that, okay, to begin with, the law was, hey, just go out there and take things in your own hands go do whatever you want to to that person take the law into your own hands then we lightened up a little bit it's okay whatever happens in proportion to what happened you can an eye for an eye we know that the new testament jesus christ said that law doesn't work that's not the law of grace and the law of mercy can you imagine if god kept score of your sin to the degree He said, I'm keeping score of your sin, and every time you sin, I'm going to take something away from you. Do you know what would happen? Most of us wouldn't have anything left. You understand? We wouldn't have anything left. But what is it important? That's his grace. So we come to the conclusion that we're all guilty, okay? Enough said. Here's the second thing. But we are redeemed. We are redeemed. We're redeemed. How many have ever been called for speeding? All right, let me ask one more time. How many have ever been caught for speeding? How many got caught on purpose? Keep your hand up. I don't see any hands. Anybody got caught on purpose? Well, let me ask you this question. If you got caught for speeding and it's not on purpose, was it an accident? 
Oh, yeah, I hear you. It was an accident you got caught, right? Some of you, I know, are just perfect people behind a steering wheel. Unbelievable. Only had one employee here at the church one time that came in my office and said, I got a ticket. And when I looked up at him, I thought, how in the world did you get a ticket? He said, well, I was running down in front of Lakeland High School. And he said, a cop pulled me over and gave me a ticket and cited me. I said, what for? He cited me for going too slow. <laughs> I thought, a lot, a lot of things in my life, but I'm telling you, if anybody had told you I got cited for going too slow, don't you dare believe it, friend. <laughs> don't you, for going too slow? I said, let me see the ticket. Here it is, pastor, for going too slow. I said, he said, what should I do? I said, real easy, speed up. You know, speed up. How many of you have run in, not literally, to drivers that go too slow? Dan said, in the, we're talking about driving from Jacksonville today and, and the time of getting back in time. And he said, you know, I'd like to have, you know, maybe a car sometime. Maybe we'll get one where you pull back on the steering wheel and just rise up over the traffic and go. Doesn't he have a great imagination? I said, no, I've never dreamed that. I have dreamed for an automatic set of forklifts, <laughs> run up behind the car and just pick them up and set them aside and keep going. <laughs> Aren't we silly? Sure, just do that because they, they get in the way. Redeemed, it says, when a person who commits a crime, he is to flee to one of the cities, there are six, he is to stand in the entrance of the city gate. Okay, so Joshua's saying, here's what's happening. Now, if you do something accidentally, you feel that you're innocent, listen, somebody's going to come and they're going to take your life if you took someone's life, accident or not. If someone, you do something and they're going to come after your hand, you can run to the city. And so Joshua knew that the people to be civil and able to get along together, they, need, they needed a judge they needed what would be considered, in spiritual terms, a redeemer. You couldn't have random killings and expect any kind of, of life. Innocent people might die when that. Maybe you blame somebody and they didn't do it and they said they didn't and you took their life. He said they come to the city gate and the high priest would hear that person's situation and declare their guilt or innocence. And so here it is. The story is symbolic of the act of mercy given to us by Jesus Christ. In other words, he said, you are all judged guilty and we have nowhere to run for get, to get justice and redemption. And so Joshua said, but now you have a city, one of the cities. You can run to one of those six cities, and you say, wow, they're all well marked, and we know it. But here's something that is good news for us. The slap the person on their face is no longer the law. When Jesus came and he died on the cross of Calvary, he said, you forgive that person. If they hit you, you turn the other cheek. And here's what he said, you now have an advocate at heaven's courts and it is Jesus Christ the son of the God who bore your sin and you do not have to be guilty anymore you can say forgive me and he is faithful and just to forgive you if you run to him and say God I need help the problem is as often we don't run fast enough 
Because of God's love, Jesus' sacrifice and the shedding of Jesus' blood. We have that person to turn to in our help for our time and personal challenges. Six cities strategically located. Any one of them could be reached in one day's time. They were all located on a mountain. They were very visible to reach them. The roads were well marked in order to get there, and the cities were easily accessible once a year. The roads would be cleared so that you would have no problem getting there. The reality was that if someone was pursuing you, you could run to the city for justice and redemption. Jesus said, I made that possible. Isaiah 53, he took upon himself our infirmities. He took our sorrows. He was pierced for our transgressions, bruised and crushed for our iniquities. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. Right here, right now, in this room, Jesus has his hand and arms extended to you, saying, come. Come if you need healing. Come if you need deliverance. Come if you need encouragement. Come if you need forgiveness in your heart of hearts. Doesn't matter. I paid the price for all of it. One day, day, the eternal judgment of God will say to us, get this now, to every person who has not lowered their knee and bowed their head in the presence of Jesus and gone to him, you know what he's going to say? Hey, the road to salvation was well marked. Help and easy access was available. All you had to do was humble yourself. On that day, he'll say the opportunity was well within your reach, but you didn't come. You failed to acknowledge everything that you need to reconcile yourself with sin and guilt in our lives can be found in Jesus. When you begin to make decisions that is contrary or compromising in this book, that you follow carnal nature, instead of running to Jesus and saying, God, making this decision to do the right thing will be hard for me to do. But nonetheless, I'm going to run to you and believe that you'll give me the strength. I'm guilty. I'm redeemed. And I have a strong tower. A strong tower. Friend, the devil is not in control. He's a liar. He's a cheater. He's evil. He's tormented. All of those things and the only pure thing in our lives can be Jesus, a strong tower. I got caught for speeding one time. I've shared this before. Coming back from Fort Lauderdale, Miami. Somebody down there, somewhere down there. It's late. I come back, getting into Lake Wells on 60. 
I was running the speed limit. Maybe 15 miles over. It was 1.30 in the morning. And all of a sudden, in my mirror, I saw a car turn around. It was an SUV. It wasn't long. I began to see the friendly blue lights of those who sell stock in the state of Florida chasing me down and having me purchase some. He came up. I was guilty. Sharon is about to have a stroke. She's never been caught. Yet. Sir, may I see your driver's license and insurance card? What do you do for a living? I said, I sell assurance. <laughs> I mean, you know, you got to be... <laughs> You got to be quick on your seat. <laughs> he came back. He said, Tell you what I'm going to do for you, Reverend. I'm going to give you a warning. The Hallelujah chorus rang out in the middle of the night. <laughs> hallelujah. Do, 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 do. Got the ticket? Sharon said, I told you we we're going to get caught. I told you. Well, I didn't want to disappoint you, darling. <laughs> told you. So anyway, we came on into Lake Wells. Came through Lake Wells. We hit 27. We got to Lake Hamilton. Less than 30 minutes. All of a sudden, I looked in the rearview mirror. And here's another one. <laughs> I'm thinking, there must be something that God wants me to stay away from when I get to Interstate 4. So he's delaying me from getting there. So he came up. Sharon says, when he asks you for your driver's license and your insurance card, why don't you tell him that you were caught less than 30 minutes ago? <laughs> That's not the will of God. He's got the computer. Let him figure it out. Amen? Let him figure it out. Well, anyway, he gave me a ticket. I said to her, and she said, slow down before that second she said, you're back up the speed limit. I said, do you have any idea what the chances are of getting caught twice in the same night? I said, the odds just, let me just tell you, don't worry about it. And about that time, the lights came on. Oh, my Lord. He gave me a handsome ticket. I bought stock, of course, in the county, paid the fine. I thought, Lord amazing now here's what i found out i don't argue with them i don't tell them who i am i don't have clergy on my car 
I don't have a cross hanging from the rearview mirror. I don't wear a cross. I don't do like one of my friends in his tag was, I preach. I don't have that on my car at all. I thought, okay, paid the fine. She said, how do you feel about that? I said, I cannot believe he caught me for going eight miles over the speed limit. Eight miles over the speed. I cannot believe this would be starving to death somewhere. And I went on and on. She said, are you guilty? She said, it says on the ticket, you're a criminal. You have created a criminal offense. I said, you can't believe what those tickets say. They give them out every single day. They probably never even read it. Anyway, I paid the fine, didn't argue, didn't say a word. Why? I was guilty. How did I get out of that? You mean you got out of it? I sure did. I paid the fine. I did. My son Tim got caught for speeding. What's your name, Blackburn? Are you related to the reverend? He said, yes. Tell you what I'm going to do. Just slow it down a little bit. Go ahead. That's never happened to me. <laughs> never. Now listen. You pay the fine, so he is to stay in the city until he has stood trial. That you got to pay. The assembly and until death of the high priest who is serving at that time. Then he may go back to his own home in the town which he fled. The cities were the focal point. They could be seen for miles. When you flee, you go to the city gate. You stand there. You tell the high priest what's going on. The city offered protection. The accuser could not run in the city and do anything to you. The accuser could not come in through any door and speak to you. The accuser could not touch you. You were hid behind the high priest and the law at that time. The accuser had no power to bring over anything else that would cause that person more harm. And here's what Jesus did for us. Symbolically, he says, listen, when I bring you into my temple, when my spirit is in you, the devil might come and thinks that he might be able to touch you, but he cannot touch you because you are covered under my hand. You are covered in my blood. I have given you protection. I am between you and the adversary. I am there to redeem you, and all you have to do is stay close to me. Don't go outside because he might be waiting, but after that time comes when you have been judged accordingly or not, then you can go back out and go back home we forget the power of redemption and we run to him jesus offers us not only redemption for our sins but also the protection for satan's advance and he said tell satan devil i rebuke you get behind me in the name of jesus so here is our security and our strength here it is el elion the most high god no other power greater than his authority.
He might play with your head, play with your mind, lie to you, accuse you, try to wreck your life, but He is not the ultimate authority. El Allah, the faithful God who will be with you until the end. El Shaddai, the almighty, powerful God. Jehovah Jireh, He is our provider. He is Jehovah Rapha, He is our healer. Jehovah Nissi, He is our victor. Jehovah Shalom, He is our peace. So He said to Peter, Satan desires to sift you like wheat, but he can't because you are secure in the Almighty's hand. I want you to leave this room tonight. I want you to take whatever problem you're facing, whatever frustration that you're in, whatever challenge that has caused you grief and caused you pain and brought worry to you, and I want you to stand and say to that situation, say to that circumstance, in the name of Almighty God, who is the Most High God, the Faithful God, the Almighty God, the Provider, a victor in my healer, and he is my peace. I rebuke that, and you no longer will be allowed to tell me the lies and cause me to believe them because I have been set free and delivered by the Redeemer, and there is a wall between you, Satan, and me, and it is the blood of Jesus Christ. Though we are guilty of sin, Jesus Christ has redeemed us. God our Father through the Holy Spirit protects us and has prepared a place for us to eternally rest so we can run to Him and never be ashamed. Heavenly Father, thank You for the abundance of Your grace. And thank You today because in this room or listening right now in our campus who is watching online, we need You. We know that we make mistakes. We know that we blow it. Sometimes we do it purposely. Sometimes we accidentally do it. Sometimes it's the thought of just not thinking right. But here's what we do know, hallelujah, is that under the blood of Jesus Christ, we're not interested in cheap grace. We're interested in blood-brought grace that comes from the heart of God. Forgive us when we have allowed our carnality to get in the way. Forgive us when we worried too much. Forgive us when we have let fear ruin our day. Forgive us, God, when we become afraid of circumstances. Forgive us for looking in the future and believing there is no hope. Forgive us, God, for thinking there is not an answer to our problem. Forgive us for not believing that you are the solution. Because everything that we need and we live and breathe is found in you. So then what's the problem? God, the problem is this. We think you're too busy. We think it may not be worth the effort. We think because the devil has lied to us by cultural circumstances that this is just the way that it has to be. But one touch of the master, everything becomes new every day is fresh every morning has the power of deliverance so we ask you so for those who might be here this is an opportunity for you to run to Jesus in your heart of redemption you need sin to be forgiven you need to fess up in your heart and tell it to Jesus and say I'm sorry I've blown it I've made mistakes so we're going to give you an opportunity to pray, all of us. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I, am so sorry. I am so sorry. 
I have sinned. I have sinned. I've sinned against my brother. I've sinned against you. And I need redemption. I need redemption. And that redemption, and that redemption comes, through you, Jesus. comes through you, Jesus. So here's my heart. So here's, my heart. Here's, my life. here's my life. Here's everything that I have that, that is important to me. Is important to me. It's me. It's me. Standing in the need of prayer. Standing in the need of prayer. So let that touch of your blood pour over me now as I experience your forgiveness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand? We're going to sing. I want you to know I believe this with all of my heart. And thinking about this message running down the highway today. God, I, I want the time at the altar to be where anyone, if they have any little thing that bothers them, anything that the enemy is just jabbing at them, I want them to bring that to you tonight. I want the windows of heaven to open, and I want every person to leave this auditorium differently than when they came. I want a resolute touch of the Holy Spirit that says the purity of the Holy Ghost takes away every blemish of our heart and our lives. Healing is here. Anointing is here. Forgiveness is here. Love is here. A future is here. Hope is here as we sing. If you need prayer right now, would you just come down and we're going to pray for you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Here we go. Let God direct you. from Jesus God I need your touch you come right now you got a prayer request hasn't been answered come on right now put it in the hands of Jesus you don't have to figure it out put it in his hands God here's what I've been asking now I'm believing come on come on believing you Lord Believing you, Lord. There's a place my eyes can see. Thank you, Jesus. Thank it's you, where Jesus. Where my spirit longs to be. It's a place of healing. Thank you, Jesus. It's a place I'm living free now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna lift my hands. Let's worship Jesus, shall we? Till I can reach heaven, I'm gonna shout your name. Till the walls come falling down, I've come to worship. I've come to worship. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's for you, Lord, my Savior King. breaks the sin that's binding. Leads me to a place of freedom. I'm gonna lift my hands till I can reach heaven. I'm gonna shout your name till the walls come falling down. I've come to worship. I've come to worship. I'm gonna sing my song like I am a I'm gonna shout your joy at the mention of your name. I've come to worship. I've come to worship. There's no one that can bring me peace, that can wash me clean like you, Lord. There's nothing in this world that can free me. You said my soul, I'm gonna lift my hands till I can reach heaven. I'm gonna shout your name till the walls come falling down. I've come to worship. So I, uh, I don't feel liberty in my heart. I mean, a wonderful altar response to God be the glory. There's some of you still, you've really been talking to God. You've really been telling Him what you believe that you need. And you haven't heard anything. As a matter of fact, maybe you've experienced heartache or heartbreak. I'm telling you right now, this is the moment for some of you in this room for God to unleash what He has in store for you. But it will not happen unless you're obedient. This is not about your pride. I know the inner parts of your spirit. I know the intellect of your mind. I know the challenges, and I know all of the questions. I know all of the hang-ups. But I declare to you, I am Jehovah God. 
Jehovah God releases his plan and his will as my people are obedient. Follow me. Call upon me, but not until you're obedient. Father, we thank you by your spirit. We know that there's a place in the word of God, Corinthians, of the gifts of the spirit. So I release now my heart. I've said what you said to say. And now we're going to sing just one more time a little portion of this song. If you still need to come and you haven't, you come now. Let God lead you. Your name till the walls come falling down. I've come to worship. I've come to worship. Sing my song. I'm gonna sing my song. Like I am unashamed, I'm gonna shout for joy at the mention of your name. I've come to worship. There's no one, come on. There's no one that can bring me peace, that can wash me clean like you, Lord. There's nothing in this world that can free me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we release your power, your anointing, your wisdom out of this room tonight. Out of this room tonight will be some great things that are going to take place. This is not about a victory for a man or a moment. This is about the power of God the high priest who stands at the door of our heart and says, come on, bring your heart, bring your need, bring your mind, bring your challenge, bring it to me. I desire to release on you a divine anointing. I desire to take what you think you need and take it away and replace it with what I think you need. I need to take that which you believe for and if you trust me, I'll go beyond what you believe into the realm of the supernatural. And starting tonight, your life will be forever challenged in faith and a greater dimension of joy than you could ever imagine. Father, let that be so in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, can we lift our hands together and let's just praise him and thank him. Father, in your name, your name. Let's come on, church, pray it out loud. Amen. We're in the house of the Lord. Speak his name, Jesus. We love you. We worship you. We declare your power, your peace. 
Let there be a divine unction in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of the altar workers are still going to be here. If you still need to come down and talk to someone, you do that. You do that. We're not going to rush you out. We know you need to go. But if you still need to come down and talk to someone, you come on now. Father, we declare the benediction, not from what is happening in this room, but so that some can be dismissed. God, we're going to continue to worship your name and song for a little bit. Right now, we ask you to go with us. Keep your hand upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You are the source of life. I can't be left behind. No one else will do. And I will take hold of you Cause I need you, Jesus Come to my rescue
follow you.